Well, it's time to share another draft chapter from the book that I've been writing. And this one is about making your achievable plans. It's a pretty important one because it may be exciting to have big goals for the future, but if you don't have a plan for how you're going to accomplish them, it's very unlikely that they're going to come true. So I want to share some strategies for planning how to achieve your goals. This is Invincible Career, and I'm Larry Cornette. So if you'd like to follow along and read this chapter, I've made it available on my newsletter. If you go to newsletter.invinciblecareer.com, this is book chapter, Making Your Achievable Plans. This is issue 381. Um, and I want to apologize for getting this podcast episode out a little bit late this week. I have been completely tied up in jury duty. It has been a little bit crazy. So I'm trying to get my life back and get back on track. <laughs> Start uh, recording episodes and getting this uh, podcast back out on time every week when you expect it. So let me go ahead and dive into this chapter. Most people never reach this step of making an actual plan. They dream and they might even brainstorm strategies, but they don't take the next step. They never create a concrete plan to achieve their most important personal goals. If you remember the study I mentioned in chapter seven, creating a plan for how you will accomplish your goal improves your probability of success. Your odds rise to about 50%. That may not seem inspiring, but 50-50 odds are much better than no chance of success at all. Plus, as you continue to work through the remaining chapters in this book, your odds of success will continue to improve. So how do you feel about planning? Which one of these quotes resonates best with how you think about it? There's one from Reverend H.K. Williams, and various people have created various versions of this. Remember, if you fail to prepare, you are preparing to fail. Thomas Edison said, Good fortune is what happens when opportunity meets with planning. Taylor Swift said, just because you made a good plan doesn't mean that's what's going to happen. And Jerry Brown said, the reason that everybody likes planning is that nobody has to do anything. So which one resonates best with you? Now, as you may have guessed, I'm a planner. For as long as I can remember, I've created plans for what I want to achieve. I know that everything Everything that I want won't simply fall into my lap. However, I know many people who are not like me. <laughs> Lots of people. They've told me that, until this point, their life has just happened. Of course, they've moved forward in life, but they didn't plan very far ahead, or they followed along with someone else's plan. At some point... 
this approach fails. Life won't always give you what you want or need. Also, someone else's plan may not have your best interest in mind. One day you may find yourself dissatisfied or unhappy, but you won't know what to do about it because it all just happened. I've worked with many clients who end up in this situation, so we create plans together. They execute the plans and they see results. For the first time, they are choosing their path in life and they're amazed by how much better that is than just being tossed around by the winds of fate. Life is better when you're in control of your destiny. So you have to plan for uncertainty though. I'm going to propose a different approach than traditional planning. The traditional planning of sit down and plan everything forward. What I like to do with my clients is a mix of planning techniques that are inspired by one, research on reverse planning. I've talked about that before. Two, a flexible strategy of something I call milestone hops. And then finally, this is all a lot of it inspired by decades of my life spent in business planning meetings and seeing what works, what doesn't work, and what happens when chaos occurs, which it often does. Now, I want to talk a little bit about reverse planning. If you're clear about your big goal and setting your intention, you can start planning backward with the steps that makes it achievable. Researchers studied this reverse planning strategy and found that for more complex goals and tasks, like planning your life, it is more effective and enjoyable than traditional chronological planning. There's a quote, true retrospection is used to review events that have already happened, but using one's imagination to think of future events as if they were in the past facilitates visualization of both the end goal and the steps required to get there. This future retrospection tends to increase the anticipation, me, this future retrospection tends to increase the anticipation of pleasure from achieving the goal and helps bring about goal-directed behaviors. I mean, planning forward can feel overwhelming when your goal is ambitious. It is too hard to imagine all the tasks you must accomplish between the now and the then. I found this to be true in my own life. Planning backward helped me see it all as achievable, realistic. I started with the assumption that I had accomplished my goal. I started with a vision that, hey, I'm living in my home in the mountains, for example. That was one of my big goals. Then I defined the logical step that must have taken place right before that. Like, what happened right before that became true? I asked and answered a series of questions to determine each move, kind of planning backwards. What or why am I able to live there? How could someone there make a living? How could someone like me do that for a living? What did I have to do to make that possible? And how did I prepare for that? And so on and so on. Continuing to plan backward until I reached what I thought would be my next logical step right now. You can use the same process. 
Start with your long-term goal and start planning backward year by year at a very high level, of course. But do that to get a sense of what you may need to do to get there, to get to where you want to be. Now, I want to talk about milestone hops. I mean, the reality is we don't know what we don't know. And we can't predict the future either. Wish we could, but we can't. But you did define your most audacious goals in chapter seven of the book, which should have given you a vision of an outcome you desire for your life. Reverse planning can help you envision a series of high-level steps to make that vision come true, but it probably left you with a burning question. What do I do now? (laughs) What is my next step? I know it can feel like a paradox of choice. There are almost infinite possibilities, moves, and tactics you could choose to employ right now at this current point in time. There are so many paths you could take to navigate that competitive landscape to reach any number of goals. And I created a set of illustrations that kind of capture what this looks like, to think about potential paths, potential goals, and the competitive landscape between you and those goals. And if you want to see those, you can go to newsletter.invinciblecareer.com. This is book chapter, Making Your Achievable Plans, issue 381. You already defined a strategy for navigating the landscape and overcoming barriers and obstacles. And it sure would be nice if your path was a straight and narrow one. As illustrated in the next illustration, (laughs) you know, choose a goal, choose a starting point, plan your path and just get going, right? And in the illustration, I'm showing kind of a point to point path to get to a goal and using a strategic plan, straight and narrow. In a simpler world and life, goals wouldn't change and we would never have to deviate from our planned path to get there. But life is chaotic and we know nothing is ever as simple and easy as we think it will be. Without a plan, you may end up being lost in the twists and turns of reality. And I have another illustration that shows that reality is messy that your path will not be a straight shot with an arrow pointing right at a goal, that it is going to be twists and turns and you can end up backtracking. It can be pretty messy and your goals may change. However, there is a more effective strategy and a flexible approach. And this is that milestone hopping. You have to start somewhere. You know, you can't put it off forever. <laughs> you know, analysis paralysis. You have to start somewhere. It doesn't have to be perfect because you can adjust as you go, but choose a path, identify a milestone, something much closer than that long-term goal that might be years away. Identify your next milestone and make the hop to get there. Once you're there, gather data, assess, and reevaluate. You may need to course correct and adapt your strategy if necessary. And then you identify your next milestone and continue. And I have another illustration that is about this more flexible strategy where your vision is on the far horizon, kind of fuzzy, maybe hard to see, 
your goals are what you need to achieve that vision, then stepping back, you have strategic plans that will help you accomplish those goals. And then stepping back, what you can you do right now? It's the tasks that you need to do right now to execute those plans. And then you just jump from milestone to milestone. And then finally, I want to talk about business planning. I mean, no plan survives first contact with reality. I mean, yes, you do need a plan, but accept that you will always need to replan. Dwight Eisenhower said, peacetime plans are of no particular value, but peacetime planning is indispensable. In the corporate world, we had rough one-year plans, more realistic six-month plans, detailed quarterly roadmap plans, and very specific project plans. More often than not, our longer-term fuzzier plans either changed radically or we abandoned them entirely. I mean, the world and the competitive landscape, they're not under your control. They change frequently, and chaos often alters them. A plan is an attempt to predict the future, but you can't predict the future. Perhaps one way to visualize this reality is to picture life as a large, rushing river full of twists and turns, obstacles and rapids. Your long, long-term goal is your destination somewhere along the course of this river. But rather than a precise destination, for example, I want to bring my boat ashore at that exact rock at those precise geo-coordinates. Instead, your goal should describe a desirable outcome that could be possible at multiple destinations. The farther away your goal is, the fuzzier your view of it will be, and the more vague your long-term plans will be. They exist at the far end of a broad cone of possibilities. Your strategy is how you plan to navigate the course of the chaotic river to get there. As you get closer, you will narrow in on the place you want to come ashore. But the waters you are traversing with your boat right now require a crisp and detailed plan. You need to know precisely how you will paddle around the rock in the river in front of you. You need to aim your boat to navigate the rapids that are just ahead. So it's okay to have fuzzier placeholder plans for the far future. Don't even bother with creating detailed plans for that type of timeline because everything might change and it probably will. However, you do need precise plans for what you're doing today, tomorrow. Next week and in the months ahead. Some plans will have activities you must set in motion now. They will be captured in the projects you define. So let's talk about defining projects. A project is composed of the task you need to complete over time to achieve a goal. You'll notice that each project is a mini version of how you're thinking about what it will take to achieve your most important long-term life goals. 
you know, you made those strategic statements. So deconstruct your strategic statement and ask questions for each component of it. For example, if your strategy was to be uniquely valuable, and that's how you're going to get ahead in life, what can you do to be unique? The details will be crisp and well-defined for your near-term projects. You may even be able to plan the daily tasks you'll need to make progress and accomplish them. However, things get a bit fuzzier as you consider the projects you need to execute your strategy a year from now. Your plans will become more general as you forecast even far further into the future, two to five years from now. You know, maybe write my second book. That's a pretty <laughs> fuzzy plan, <laughs> not very detailed. And things will become fuzzier still. As you consider the projects that will support your long-term vision, you don't expect to reach for 10 to 20 plus years. So there are components to a project definition. It'll include your overall goal. What is it you want to accomplish? Success measures. What does success look like? How will you know you've successfully completed the project? Requirements. What are the expectations? It is helpful to think in terms of must-have requirements and nice-to-have requirements. You know, resist the urge to build the Taj Mahal when all you need is a cozy cabin to meet your needs. That's the requirements. Resources. What will you need to complete the project? This could include other people, certain skills, materials, money. And dependencies. Does this project depend on any external factors? You know, for example, something or someone must be available before you can begin. Does it depend on a previous project to be completed first? You know, in that case, maybe the output from an earlier project is an input into this project. What is the scope? How long do you estimate this project will take? Is it time-bound? You know, the project must be finished by a specific date. Or is it based on a milestone? The first version can be completed and launched and then improve later. As you may have already experienced, be prepared for almost every project to take twice as long and cost three times as much as you think it will. And then finally, dates. When do you want this project to begin? How long will it last? You know, based on the scope of the previous step. When do you expect you'll finish the project? You know, so I can use a simple example to kind of walk through this, if you wanted to build and launch a basic website to promote yourself, here is one way you might define that project. Your overall goal is to launch a website that will attract potential hiring managers and recruiters. Success measures. Let's say you get five friends to review the site and they provide you positive feedback when it's ready to launch. The website's functional. It's available online. Google search can crawl and index the site. Basically, people can find it. Requirements. You're satisfied with how the website looks in the most commonly used desktop web browsers on macOS and Windows. You're satisfied with how it looks on most commonly used mobile web browsers on iOS and Android. The site loads quickly enough so it's not annoying. All the pages load as expected and the website doesn't generate any errors. 
And finally, people can navigate and browse your site. They can learn about you and what you do. They can access the links to your other profiles like LinkedIn and Twitter. And they can successfully send you a message to contact you. Because what good is a website if nothing can be done with it and nothing comes of it? Your resources, maybe you're going to design and customize the site yourself. You know, you could use WordPress like I do. You'll use free images from something like Unsplash. You will need a domain. You'll need a hosting provider. And you'll need some money to pay for registering that domain and the monthly website hosting fee. Your dependencies, you're going to need a hosting provider that does provide WordPress hosting. You'll need to think about a name. Like, what are you going to name this? What is your website going to be? And then you're going to need to use that unique name to generate a domain name that's available. And get that. The scope, maybe you can only work on the website for about six hours every weekend because you're busy with your nine to five job and everything else. And so you estimate you may be, you could complete this total project in four weeks if it's really simple. Dates, you could begin working next weekend. Given your scope, you estimate that you'll complete it on Saturday during the last weekend of next month. And then you'll announce and share the website on your socials on the following Monday morning. So there you go. That's a full project definition at a high level. Now, given the amount of detail and work that goes into defining a project like this, you should only create detailed projects that must be completed to achieve your near-term goals for the next few months. Don't even bother with detailed plans or project definitions beyond a year. Life is too unpredictable. I think we've all realized how much our lives can be completely disrupted beyond anything we might have imagined. That's why decades ago, my plans and projects for my distant future were quite vague. I knew what my long-term vision was for my life. I had some long-term goals. But the projects, these large projects to support them were pretty, pretty high level, as they should be. One was start my own business. Four little words that hide an incredible amount of work, but that was, you know, one big project. Another was move somewhere into the mountains. Another big one, write a book, which is what I'm doing right now. You can pencil in high-level project ideas for your longer-term goals, of course, but don't overload yourself and become overwhelmed with defining and committing to too many projects at once. So what high-level projects are you planning this year or for the next year, not necessarily a calendar year, to accomplish your biggest goals just for the year? What is the more detailed list of projects that you will focus on for the next few weeks and months? As a next step, use that project definition framework that I described above for each of the projects you want to work on soon, pretty soon. As you begin and learn more, you can flesh out more details and make adjustments to your project plan as necessary. However, let's take a quick moment and make sure the projects are aligned with your strategy. And this is about ensuring strategic alignment. It's easy to get lost in the weeds when you start defining projects and working on them. So now is the time to ensure alignment with your strategy. You want to make sure 
you're using your time and energy wisely. You can ask a few questions to double check you're working on the right things. One, how will the successful outcome of these projects support my strategy? Will these projects, quote, move the needle to get me closer to my goals? Are the investments of time, energy, and money worth the result they should yield? Do the projects complement each other or not? Or are they working at odds with each other? That's a good time to check. And am I sequencing these projects correctly? Now that last question is where your roadmap comes into play. So I don't know if you've ever created a roadmap or a project roadmap. You know, maybe you don't work in tech and haven't bumped into that. Or in another profession where you have to create roadmaps. I know architects have to do that. A lot of people do. But a roadmap is just basically an overview of your projects mapped into a calendar view. You know, one of your roadmaps could be a vision roadmap that reflects your long-term life vision and goals. There will be no specific project details, but it does provide a sense of sequencing and timing over the years. And I included an example, you know, totally fabricated, but looking at a vision roadmap over the course of, you know, 20 plus years super high level. And in that example, I had high level goals, you know, maybe some really large high level tasks, aspirational outcomes. You know, I included a task of plan move. <laughs> you know, in my case I am. I am thinking about a move, but it's it's out there a few years. And I just said plan move instead of something specific, such as move to the Rocky Mountains or move to Aspen, Colorado, or move to a four-bedroom, two-bath blue house 5.7 miles west of the Aspen County Airport in Aspen, Colorado. You'll want something that's specific when you're looking out 10, 20 years. The items in the long-term roadmap do not include specific details. If you've created your long-term vision and goals correctly, you won't need to change them frequently as things change in your life and the world around you. At this level, a detailed plan or roadmap that is too specific won't survive the chaos of reality, so don't bother. However, you should also create a more specific one-year roadmap that lays out the projects you want to focus on to accomplish your most important goals for this year. Now. This will include more detailed projects than a vision roadmap. But it's still not a detailed breakdown of any single project. And I included an example of one. It's a little reminiscent of something I've been thinking about for my one year. But it is kind of high level of planning a book, writing a book, uh, redesigning my website, looking out from January through December, like, what am I going to do this year? And thinking about the timing, the timeline, the effort required for each project, duration, things like that. What can you work on in parallel, given your available time and resources? Which projects must you complete before other projects can begin? And if you want to go to newsletter.invinciblecareer.com, you can see the example. They kind of look like the typical Gantt chart. Um, I made a simpler version, just um, easier to manage. And then finally, 
create a detailed roadmap view for each project you want to work on now. And by now, I mean in the next few weeks or months. Identify the tasks and activities you will focus on each week for the duration of the project. What task can you complete in parallel? What task must you sequence? And I included another example. And this is an example of defining, building, and launching a website. And there's a lot of stuff you can do in parallel, but some stuff has to happen before other steps. You know, you got to get your domain and set up your hosting before you can start building your website. Because otherwise, how are you building your website? And you have to design your website before you can build it and put content on it. And all that stuff has to happen before you launch it, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Now, the companion website that I'll have for this book that I'm writing, it will have uh, a resources section. It's going to include downloadable spreadsheets and templates and things that could help you build your own roadmaps. So I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this chapter right around here. You know, I've uh, kind of hit the 30 minute mark and I know no one likes to listen to a super long podcast. Um, the rest of the chapter is about establishing milestones, uh, leveraging checkpoints, which are really important to make sure you're on track, uh, creating backup plans. So this is like having a plan B and maybe even a plan C and D if things don't go to as, as you expect. And that often happens. So what's your backup plan? And what it takes to commit to your plan to build the invincible version of you. You know, you've got to dedicate some of your precious time to pursuing your most important personal goals. How will you achieve what you want in your life if you never make the time to work on it? And that's why you make a plan. It gives you a fighting chance. So the next chapter that I'll be working on is going to be how to ensure you make steady progress. And that's going to talk a lot about habits, establishing daily habits that help you get a little bit done every day and make sure you stay on track and achieve the goals that are most important for you. So with that, I'm going to go ahead and wrap up this chapter. You can always read the rest of it because there is a lot more that I wasn't able to get to. If you go to newsletter.invinciblecareer.com, this is book chapter, Making Your Achievable Plans, issue 381. And I appreciate your time. I hope you found this interesting and useful. I hope you're interested in the book. Um, if you want to leave a rating and review for my podcast on you know, Apple Podcast or Spotify or what have you, whatever it is you use, I would really appreciate it. Until next time, I wish you the best of luck in becoming an opportunity magnet for the best things in life. <laughs>